Who are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year? Yeah, well, it is still the first half of the first month of the new year. It's been a while. I know. Did you miss me? I saw you a lot. (laughs) Okay, I'll talk to the people out there in cyberspace. Did you miss us? They saw us a lot. I don't hear anything. Uh, Crickets. Crickets. Chirping. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Michael Pupp is here. And Father Herb Weber here. And we are back after taking off. Yeah, we took off Christmas and New Year's. (laughs) From the podcast. From the podcast, but not from church. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All right, I've got uh, the social media question of the week for you. Okay. What is, and I think I might know the answer because you and I were talking about this the other day. What is your go-to meal right now that you're making at home? My go-to meal, well, this time of the year, it's either chili or chicken noodle soup. Oh, both sound good. Yeah, this time of the year. I, I cook up a big pot of chili, and of course, I can't eat it all in one sitting. Sure. But it freezes pretty well, so I make different servings. And It is called chili, after all. <laughs> oh, I'm here for the next 23 minutes, people. Yeah, and he'll be back again the next couple of weeks. <laughs> like until a bad we, boomerang. Until we find a substitute. <laughs> Uh, and the, what is your go-to meal? Oh, we have lots of things that we like to make. Um, what we've been making a lot of different soups lately. So not, not any one specific. We just made last night a, it's like a cashew cream with wild rice, uh, and vegetables. That actually sounds pretty good. It was. I just had some for lunch. You should have come well, thank, in. Thank you for sharing. Ten minutes earlier, <laughs> you shared the information at least. I would say like our default meal though, like when we need to make something, you know, when you're planning out your meals, you're like, oh, let's just throw in X, Y, or Z. Like we'll just make fajitas, like tacos. Oh yeah, that's, that's just always, good. always an easy, especially one. with the group and you've got kids. Yeah, yeah everybody helps. likes everybody likes a taco, guacamole. Oh. I told my Emery, my four-year-old, if we go when we go out to Mexican restaurants, she likes salsa and guacamole so much, uh, she drinks the salsa like out of the <laughs> out of the little bowl. It's very is, bizarre. Okay, but it's delicious. <laughs> is it? Have you ever drank your salsa? No. Well, you're not doing it right. <laughs> Ask Emery. I'm going to change the subject. Uh, we'll go figure. Yeah, we are still in Christmas. How's that sound? I like it. And so we have one more week, one more Sunday to talk about Christmas. But do you know why the baptism of the Lord is still considered part of Christmas season? Why it's con- still yeah. considered part of I the mean, Christmas season? For Epiphany, which was this past Sunday, it's really obvious. Right. You know, the Magi story. Sure. But why baptism of the Lord? I don't know. And you're expecting me to know the well, answer. Well, you asked the question. Did you see how I was delaying by just repeating the question? Yes. I've got two possible answers. Oh, so there's not a definitive. I, well, I don't know. I, I'd have to talk to uh, Dr. Liturgist to find out. He's on vacation. Yes. But the what I did discover is that in the Orthodox Church and some of the Eastern Rite churches, yeah. Epiphany is celebrated with the readings of the baptism of the Lord. Really? Because it is the manifestation to the people the word epiphany means manifestation and we take the manifestation like to the magi they the good news being spread to all the corners of the world that are represented by the magi who come from afar yeah but but jesus in the water especially with the trinitarian formula this is my beloved son the voice of the father and then of the spirit in the form of a dove Mm -hmm. it's a the first acknowledgement of the trinity in the gospels 
but it is also considered like the the manifestation of Jesus' incarnation to the world. So, in a sense, it is part of Christmas. That that's one explanation. The other one is much more mundane, which is is simply the introduction of Jesus as the adult. Well, that's I was going to say. It'd be easy to think if you don't know if you're not familiar with the passage, which I think probably most people listening to this podcast are, you think, oh, well, he was born and we celebrated the Holy Family and then we had the Epiphany and now he's still a baby and he's being baptized. But that's false. No, that's false. Now, in God, the Gospel of Matthew, and that's what we're in, chapter one and chapter two are the nativity story. Mm-hmm. Chapter three starts off with John the Baptist showing up as an adult mm-hmm. and then goes right into the baptism of Jesus. How? Okay, so that's chapter three. Okay. Chapter four is where Jesus calls his apostles, the famous passage walking along the sea and Peter and Andrew and James and John. Sure. Now, since we're talking about Christmas, I want to know what were some highlights of your Christmas season this year? What were some highs and lows? Maybe one high, one low. Uh, well, the low is easy to say. On Christmas morning, I could hardly talk. Yeah, we loved it. I, I, <laughs> I had a cold coming on from the Saturday before Christmas. Yeah. It hit pretty hard on Christmas Day, but through the Christmas Eve, I was okay. Yeah. It sounded bad to me. I felt like I was under, at the bottom end of a barrel of water. Yeah. Been there. And then the incense just went right to my throat. So Sunday, uh, Wednesday morning, Christmas Day, I could hardly talk. It was like, yeah. Yeah, we remember. Well, I remember. I remember. I was there. But people listened very closely. Very attentively. Yeah, yeah. How about a high? Something that was great. Okay, a high. Well, I've got two highs. One is kind of secular, and the other one is uh, spiritual. The spiritual high, of course, really was the celebration of all the masses. Um, I, all, in spite of my voice not being there, Christmas morning mass is always my favorite of the masses. Yeah, there's something about it where people are a little more relaxed. It's not like they have to go somewhere. Uh, it's it's just a, a wonderful celebration. Of the that's Eucharist. because we we pump extra oxygen into the church on Christmas yes, morning. Yes, that's it. <laughs> and then the secular high was I I shouldn't tell people this because they're all going to do the same and I won't be able to get in. But I have a tradition. Oh no, <laughs> I have a tradition on Christmas Day. <laughs> I love how you're worried that everybody's going to do the same. Yes, thing. <laughs> everybody's after mass as, after we put the church to bed. Yes, I lock up the church and I drive down to the Waffle House. Just down the street. Yeah, I'm not talking about the new one. I'm not up to the new one. No, you you want it like as greasy as possible. I still go to the old one. And I always go there, but anyway, this time, it really hit me. They had a greeter. A young man was standing there. He was looking through the windows. It's all glass. Yeah. And as people would come up, he would open the door and, welcome to Waffle House, Merry Christmas. And all the servers would do the same thing. And everybody was just so excited. I thought... This is, we always talk about the spirit of hospitality. Sure. Who would, you, who would believe that you discover hospitality at the Waffle House? <laughs> but it, it was so genuine, and the servers, obviously, they had to work on Christmas. Sure. But they were all of such good spirit. Obviously, I left a pretty good-sized tip. <laughs> After you had a good-sized waffle? Uh, no. Uh, I, didn't, I don't eat waffles very much. I did make <laughs> a mistake. the man that goes to Waffle House. I, I, well, I had eggs and sausage. But oh. I, I will tell you one time, I made the terrible mistake at the Waffle House. Yeah. I ordered a pancake. And the lady just looked at me and she said, 
sir, this is the Waffle House. It's not IHOP. <laughs> Speaking of hospitality, I would say a highlight for me this Christmas was being able to have my family here on Christmas Eve. Uh, ever since our girls were little, little, I know they're still little, but like when they were babies, obviously they couldn't come. And so most of the time we spend Christmas Eve apart, you know, me, yeah. me from my family. But I talked to my wife this year and I said, I would, I would love it if you guys could come at least for the first two masses and help greet people and just say Merry oh, Christmas. Oh, they were great and, uh, holding up those signs. Yeah, it was just nice for them to be here. And I, I felt at least I could be a bit more connected to them. And then which many people probably don't know is that we always have a wonderful exquisite dinner uh kind of grazing throughout the evening uh between masses and so it was nice to be able to have dinner with them after the first mass um it was just cool i love christmas eve our messages are far enough apart that it's easy to um to eat something and then even have time to like recollect yourself sure before the next mass the challenge though is not to eat so much that then you're burping all the way through the 730 mass i never eat much before a mass I wish I could say this. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go to the back to the baptism of the Lord. Let's are, do it. Are you ready? The gospel reading is short. In fact, Matthew's gospel, Matthew gospel's account of the baptism of the Lord yeah. is the longest of the three, and it is short in itself. The other two are even shorter. Okay. So this is it. Chapter 3, verses 13 to 17. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you are coming to me. Jesus said to him in reply, Allow it now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. Now, that's one of those crazy places where the pronouns, who allowed whom. Who allowed whom. So, then John allowed Jesus. Right? No. Yes? Yes. yes because yes. Jesus said, allow, allow it. You second-guessed yourself, which sure made, me, me, made me second-guess Then it. he allowed him. After Jesus was baptized, he came up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming upon him. And a voice came from the heavens saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. You're supposed to use your low voice for that. This is my, yeah. And I could put a little reverb behind it. If you ever saw the Ten Commandments, Cecil B. DeMille, God speaks in a very low voice. Yes. Okay. Do I have, do we have reverb? Let's see. Is this, can you, are we echoing? Yes. Oh, there's yours. This is my beloved son. Is it beloved or beloved? I don't know. I just like, we're going to leave this for a while. No, no we're not. <laughs> okay, let's go. Yeah, that's, that's too divine for me. Too divine. All right, so what are we talking about in context, in the context well, of this gospel? I'm talking about the incarnation. I said this is part of East, uh, Easter, sure. But this is part of Christmas. <laughs> yeah. By the way. You can tell we're out of practice. Talk, talk about a, a, a faux pas. You know what a faux pas is? A uh, faux pas? F-A-U-X-P-A-S, a a bad move, Oh, a faux pas, a a slip of the tongue. Yeah. On Christmas Eve, as people were coming in, I looked to somebody, and I very authentically and very genuinely, I said, 
Happy Easter. <laughs> no. I don't know where it came from or why. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a bad thing. It, That's hilarious. I, I do wish them Happy Easter, but it was Christmas season. You know, you're the one that always says we celebrate all the mysteries of Jesus' life every when, day Whenever of the we year. celebrate every one of them. Right. Yes, each one. So you were right. Okay, so now the incarnation. What this dialogue, you know, where John says, I don't want to baptize you, and Jesus says, come on, allow it. That part is only in Matthew's gospel. That's not in Luke or Mark. I just looked to to make sure. Uh huh. So obviously, the fact that Matthew included it is he's making a point. And John was baptizing with a, a baptism of repentance. Jesus, who has no need of repentance, mm. stood in line, got in the water, and was baptized. Almost. Oh, go ahead. So the question is, why did Jesus insist on it? Obviously, John saw something there like, wait a minute, why am I baptizing you? Yeah. So here's my question. Why did Jesus get baptized? Well, the way that you described it earlier made me think of, you know, got in line just like everybody else. It was uh, another exemplification of the incarnation of him becoming man. He, he became all things with us. Sure. It's like the, the famous uh, hymn that's found in Paul's letter to the Philippians. He did not design divinity to something to be grasped at, but ra- rather he emptied himself and became like us, like a slave mm. in all things and even to the death on his cross. Mm-hmm. So it's, yes, he, he became like us, even though he did not sin, he became sin is the phrase. He, he took on our sinfulness. So he entered the same situation as everybody else. Yeah. To, and that's the incarnation. That's why it's so significantly part of Christmas. Well, if you think about too, you know how radical the crucifixion was, you know what's a what's a baptism, you know in terms of uh, extravagant things that Jesus did yeah. out of love, uh, you know a little water in the Jordan's. By the way, the Jordan River. I I love to describe this to people. The Jordan River is not a big river. You know we live close to a big river, Maumee River. It's large. Mm-hmm. A lot of water goes through there. Of course, it gets very shallow during the summer, mm-hmm. but it moves fast, and some places it's rather deep. Yeah, A lot of water. The Maumee River is much narrower, much smaller. You could wade out to the middle. Wait, the Jordan or the Maumee? I'm sorry, the Jordan River. The Jordan. The, yeah, Jordan is much smaller. Did you wade it? Wade in the water? Wade in the water. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I, I knew I could get you I, to do I that. Did go to the, I did go to the Jordan. Uh-huh. Not where John was. Apparently, you can't go exactly where John was baptizing. It's considered unsafe or it's questionable about whose territory it is in because, you know, there's debates over who owns which rights to which parts of the country. Interesting. You know, we got two nations living in one country, the, the Palestinians and the Israelis, mm-hmm. and they're in the same country. And so I'm not quite sure what it is, but you cannot go where John would have been, but there is one section that's set apart. You could go to it. Hmm. You know, I I was thinking too, in terms of incarnation, that these couple of weeks where we really get to, to focus on the mystery of incarnation sets us up for everything then for really the rest of the liturgical year, because it's very easy to take, to, to drop into the middle of a gospel story and Jesus is an adult. And, you know, it's a story that we've heard before and maybe we we lose a little bit of context and the mystery of the fact that he's even here to begin with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So to be able to take a couple of weeks, even through this Feast of the Baptism, and be able to just meditate 
weekly on this mystery, I think is that that great. is that is why I am so delighted the way we celebrate Christmas here is though even though we do have like children's liturgy of the word and we certainly want kids to feel at home. Yeah. We do not water down the children's mass, quote unquote children's mass, just to be cutesy for kids. Yeah. Because the actual message of the incarnation is profoundly, profoundly adult. Yeah. It's it's uh it's one that it takes all year to to meditate on. Mm. So we have the baptism of the Lord. Now let me switch a little bit. Now Jesus' baptism being baptized is not the, what we call the sacramental baptism, but the sacramental baptism that the early Christians had and we continue to have mm-hmm. goes right back to the early church. It's found in the Acts of the Apostles. So the Christians quickly uh, adopted and adapted the baptism, mm-hmm. but they also picked up the Trinity. You know because. The Trinity is of uh, this is my beloved Son, and the Holy Spirit is there. Mm-hmm. So we baptize our, so we we baptize people in the name of the Trinity. I love baptizing people. That's uh, good because you do it a lot. I do it a lot. Uh, adults, children. Do you remember your babies. first baptism? Not when I was baptized. No, not no. You. <laughs> oh. No, like the first baptism. I'm sure. Probably when you were a transitional Every, deacon. Everybody has to have a first. Yeah. I was a deacon. I did a lot of, I did all the baptisms at the parish for the year I was there. Wow. Uh, because the pastor said, you're supposed to learn to do stuff. Here, do the baptisms. And I, <laughs> I, I, I Obviously did, somebody I was did, tired of doing I did baptisms. lots and lots of them. Actually, I, I, I didn't mind at all. I can't really remember the very first one at all. Um, I remember the first funeral. I remember first wedding, but no, I don't remember the first baptism. Okay, I I do know I used water. That's <laughs> there's plenty of it. Yeah. yeah. Now I was going to ask, do you know when you were baptized? No, date, I don't. The date of your birth is July July twenty sixth. And when were you baptized? I don't know that. I do have was, my. Was it in a month? Two months? You'd have year? to call my mom. Ten years? I'm not sure. I know I was baptized at Our Lady of Perpetual Help. I know that. There's pictures from my baptism. I have those. I do have my girls' baptismal days in my uh, repeating calendar on my phone, so each year we do something on that day that, to celebrate. That's really good. I was three days old. Three? Three. I knew that. I'm not surprised. I've, you've told me this story a lot. Well, in those days, you baptized the closest Sunday. Sure. So I was born on a Thursday, Yeah. and my dad, on Sunday afternoon, took me and my oldest brother, my oldest sister— who were 16 and 17 at the time. Uh They were my godparents. We went to church. Probably the pastor turned on one light in the back of the church. It was a dark day. (laughs) Do you remember it that well? Oh, yeah. and uh, (laughs) So it was not with the great festivity uh, festivity we have today. You know, think about that, though. I'm not going to toot your horn, but think back to your baptismal day, that... Little did that deacon or priest know. It wasn't a deacon. We didn't have active deacons in the church at that time. Little did that pope know that... <laughs> yeah, I was baptized by the pope. Yeah, that um, that infant that he was baptizing would someday be a brother priest. That's well, cool. Yeah, I don't know if I think that about any... I, I think a lot about a lot of the kids that I baptize, or adults, that it is always the beginning of something. It's certainly the beginning of discipleship sure that the lord is calling them mm-hmm. and so whether they become priests or or deacons or nuns or the pope <laughs> or good old lay people yeah yeah but it's neat i mean 
God calls each and every person to build his kingdom on earth in different ways. So whether it's through a religious vocation or not. um, But I was just thinking about, you know, how many children have been baptized here? And I hope, I pray that some, someday, you know, children of this church will, will look back in 30 years and say, wow, look at these vocations that have come from this community. Well, it does start. It does start. And the other thing is, the the whole image of we renew our baptism every single time we come to church. I have been amazed how many people have so quickly, so quickly taken to the whole family, going over to the baptismal font and blessing themselves as they come into church. Yeah, some to the point of scaling it, children. <laughs> Little, well, we have not had any children go into the font that we know of that I'm aware of. Yeah. No, but it, I agree with you. It's, I mean, but that was so, it was designed that way. Yeah. There was a, there was a visitor, visitor back in maybe November and I was showing him around the church and he said, well, there's no holy water fonts by the doors. And I said, look over here. And I pointed to the baptismal font. Sure. And his eyes got big and he said, you mean people walk all the way over there <laughs> to bless themselves? <laughs> I didn't say this, but I wanted to say well, we encourage people to get in their 10,000 steps every day anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's, so... it's not that big of a deal, but it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to actually go to the source. Sure. Sure. And I know that you you two have been working with couples at weddings to, to go to the baptismal font. I've had some beautiful couples who have stopped at the font and blessed themselves along with their parents before they walked up the aisle. Yeah. You know, the... The groom who stopped, he walked in with both parents mm-hmm. before the wedding party. As as they walked in, the all three of them stopped and blessed themselves with holy water from the f- baptism, walked to the front. And then later on, the bride, when she did, because all the other sacraments flow from the sacrament of baptism. Sure. We have a lifeguard there just to make sure the bride doesn't fall in. Oh, that would be a likely. bad, bad yeah. start to the wedding. But anyway, we're off and running, and so it's a very exciting week with the baptism of the Lord. And we will, uh, we'll be back next week, God willing. Yes. And uh, come this weekend. Bye.